Welcome to the Millennial Success Stories podcast, a space for millennial women entrepreneurs, aspiring entrepreneurs, and those who dare to forge their own path. My name is Jackie Kossoff, and I'm a marketing strategist and Facebook ads expert, multi-passionate entrepreneur, writer, traveler, and history lover. The mission of this podcast is to uplift, inspire, and empower young women to create a life that reflects their own version of success. I believe in sharing our experiences so we may learn from one another and grow together as a community. In season four, I invite you to join us as we explore how to bring more ease and simplicity into our businesses so we may create and enjoy more success in all areas of our lives. If you're ready to invest in growing your business through the power of Facebook ads, I encourage you to sign up for a complimentary consultation where we'll have the opportunity to connect personally. Now, without any further ado, for those of you ready to write your own success stories, let us begin. And always remember, success has no age requirement. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Millennial Success Stories podcast. I am so excited to share this episode with you today. My guest for this episode is Karishma Donde, and she is a trauma-informed breathwork coach specializing in intergenerational trauma. I have personally known Karishma for, I think, almost two years now, and we have also worked together, so I have helped her with some successful ads campaigns, let's just say that, and I am just so excited to have her on the show sharing her insights and knowledge. We do talk about some very personal and potentially triggering topics in this episode, so I did want to mention that before you dive in. However, it is incredibly powerful. Krishna shares elements of her own story I wasn't even aware of, and she also shares a lot of tools and resources that can help on your own journey. So before we dive into this episode, I wanted to invite you to leave a review on Apple Podcasts if this episode or any of our episodes have resonated with you. Leaving reviews really helps get this show in front of new listeners who could use some more inspiration on their own entrepreneurial journeys. So thank you so much. And without any further ado, let's get into my conversation with Karishma. Hi, Karishma. Welcome to the show. Hi, Jackie. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to have you here. I know. I'm excited (laughs) to be here. All right. So let's have you start us off. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your business and how you got to where you are today. My name is Karishman. I'm a breathwork coach. I work mainly with trauma and my specialization is generational trauma. I got here today because I discovered I had an eating disorder at a very late age at 32 because when you look into the world, the only eating disorders that are really highlighted are either not eating at all or being bulimic. And so anything in between is seen as normal in our society. So I didn't really know. And I put a lot of my purpose into how I looked in my body. And I almost, it was almost like I worked a nine to five job in order to fund how I wanted to look. Like my diets were always like very expensive all the exercises and like classes I did were all like very expensive, like monthly payments. And I guess I just like, didn't realize what a big part of my life it actually was. And I started to deconstruct that after, like I heard one of my former coaches talk on a podcast and she was talking about emotional eating. 
And she had a version of emotional eating called exercise bulimia, which is similar to bulimia, but when you, it's like you eat and then you go and you work out and like you sweat out all your calories and then you don't really eat after that. But then that's like what keeps this like purge and binge cycle like going. And I definitely had a version of that also. And that's what kind of started me into this work. And a big part of my healing was breath work. And when I realized that breath work could help me heal and was a tool, like a self-healing tool, it clicked in my mind that like other people needed to learn about this tool. And I kind of made it my, my life mission, but specifically with generational trauma, I came to this portion, like very niche portion, because when I started deconstructing, like why I actually put my purpose into the way I looked and so much had to do with, you know, centuries and generations of like arranged marriages and women being worthless. And all of us is like, it's like when I was raised, everything was about marriage. It was like, you're too dark. Who's going to marry you? You're too fat. Who's going to marry you? You know? And so everything is about for a woman in my culture is really all about how you look and like, if you're worthy enough for marriage. And so I started to heal those parts. And when I started healing those parts and connecting into my ancestry, like it changed my life. So that's how I'm here today. All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing. <laughs> that, of course. Yeah, I definitely have. I have a few follow-up questions. I didn't know the, the eating disorder part of your story. So thank you for sharing that. I know we've known each other for a while now and we've worked together and yet I didn't know that. So <laughs> thank you of for that. And then I was going to start by asking for those who may not be super familiar with breathwork, could you share a little bit about what breathwork is and, and how you can use it and what it's used for essentially? Yeah, of course. So as you know, we breathe every day to live. Like it has to be part of our life. The thing is, is we breathe unconsciously. And when we're breathing unconsciously, we don't actually know what's happening in our body. So the breath actually connects us into our systems and can tell us how we're feeling, how anxious we are, how tired, how happy we are. Every emotion we have in our everyday life can be told by our breath. And because of this, for centuries, it's been known as the number one healing modality in the world. So for trauma, in general, because every, if you're human, you have trauma, but for, for healing in general, let's say you have an accident and you break a bone, your bone, you can go to the doctor and physically heal that bone, but something might still feel off about that bone. Maybe like you get extra sensitive in weather or, you know, something happens with that bone. Like you hear a click in the bone, but really that's saying is you've only partially healed the trauma you had when you went through that accident. And so these ancient practices, what they're telling you is to every single trauma you have, there's a physical aspect and then there's, a, there's an emotional aspect. So when you fell off that bike, when you had that accident, there was something in you also that had a fear response that now is stuck in your body. And maybe it prevents you from doing that activity again. Maybe it, whatever it is, it's like stops you from moving forward. But now you have an emotional association to that accident. That's the best way to put it. And so 
using our breath, we can now connect our neural pathways into our nervous systems and kind of heal the two so they both communicate. Otherwise, your brain is operating on one part, like because you look healed, your brain's like, you're healed, like you're fine, whatever. But your body's not fine, like your body's still stuck in that state of shock. And so what you're trying to do with your breath is connect the brain to the body and actually let the body start leading your life and you're healing more than your brain. Amazing. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that like really, yeah, like thorough, <laughs> thorough <laughs> explanation of not just like breath work, but also how it works. I think that's so important because, you know, many of us do relate to kind of what breath work in different ways. And so, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so I'm sure that I will ask some questions as well, just about kind of your business and your focus, just because I know with all your work surrounding intergenerational trauma, for those who may just be coming into this work for the first time, what are some tips that you have for them getting started on their journeys? And then also, you know, kind of how does their family currently factor in? So I guess that's kind of two questions. So like (laughs) how to get started and then also how to relate it to your family in the present. So how do they get started with breath work? Yeah, or, or generational work, trauma. Or, yeah, or like learning more about how generational trauma may be showing up in their lives and how breath work may be able to help them through that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So generational trauma literally affects every part of our lives. I mean, there's some things that we literally cannot help that we're born with, but at the same time, if you believe in that your soul is infinite and it continues to live on many lifetimes, then you know already that the family you're born into, the body you're born into, who you are as a person, like these things are things, you know, you've chosen, you've chosen your family, you've chosen your background, you've chosen all of these things. And because of that, you can't help a lot of the things. Like a lot of times you're here to break those things and move forward. So maybe there's something in your family that has always annoyed you and it's like been this like just you know it just bothers you and you never you'll never understand it right because like your parents don't see the the thing that you see you don't see what your parents sees and it's just like it just annoys you and like the word we use is triggers like it just makes you angry and you're frustrated and there's a lot of these little moments in our family where we're just so annoyed and so angry because we're just never going to see eye to eye with what they see. And so what happens is we start lacking compassion for our families. And instead, like in my case, like I separated, I was like, I'm going to just have my own life. Like, I don't care what you guys do. Like, I don't need to have an emotional attachment with you. And what that did was, yes, I built my own life, but then I was like avoiding a lot of the wounds that was that were already carried in my family, right? And then that manifests as an eating disorder in my example. So this can manifest in your relationships, like romantic relationships, friendships. Maybe you have like really high, high expectations for people that also comes from your family. And it shows up in, in different ways, you know, it shows up in... In your children, your children are mirrors. If you have children, it can also show up in a way that like one day you turn a certain age and all of a sudden like something happens. Like maybe you were like the most peaceful sleeper in the world and like could sleep eight hour nights and all this stuff. And all of a sudden you turn 28 
and now you can no longer sleep and you have like these restless nights or things like that. It can also manifest in, you know, depression and, and anxiety. Like maybe there was a family member, you know, who suffered from that. And now you carry that. You don't actually know why it exists, but you know, your family members do know that it exists. So it's like really looking at the way to start is really looking at your own patterning. Like, where do I get triggered? Where do I get annoyed? Where do I get frustrated? How do I deal with my family? Do I feel like I lack compassion with my family? Because that's a, that's a really, really big one of like, I just don't want to be around my family. I'll never see their point of view. They harp on the same things. They're too old school. They're stuck in this. Like if, if that is like a contention point, then it's like, yeah, there's something there that, you know, needs to be deconstructed because really everything is supposed to be in, in love, like rooted in love. So if you're finding yourself on the opposite of that, there's something that needs to be worked on. So that's how I would say you get started. Okay. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Also part where you mentioned about like, you know, suddenly like you can't sleep. That was literally my experience. So it was like, so funny that you use that as an example. Cause I was like, yeah, that happened to me. Like when I turned 28, I started having sleep anxiety and I had no <laughs> idea where it came from. So I'm still exploring that actually, but we'll talk more That's about that later. Know. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so another thing that I wanted to ask is kind of backtracking to when you were sharing more about your growing up and the kind of cultural expectations that your family sort of imprinted on you and, and had for you. So for some of our listeners who may also have experienced similar things, you know, no matter what culture they grew up in, what advice do you have for them just to start kind of like unpacking that, making sense of it, maybe making peace with it, you know, kind of moving forward? What kind of words of wisdom <laughs> do you have? This is like a perfect prelude to the question I didn't answer in your last thing that I was okay, thinking about, perfect. which is how does breathwork play a role into, the, okay. into this? <laughs> it's literally perfect. So I feel like I, I should share a personal experience with this one, because for me, my biggest gripe was arranged marriages. Like my parents are arranged and I never understood it. Like from like from the youngest that I can remember forming a thought, like because when your parents are arranged, you're kind of, they're still getting to know each other, right? And on top of that, they immigrated to a new country. So they have all these other new things that they're dealing with. And it was just like, why does this exist? And like my whole life, I asked this question, why does this exist? Why does this exist? And everything in my life was tied to marriage. So it was like, my biggest problem was this arranged marriage, then everything was tied to arranged marriage. And then I felt pressured to be married at a certain age. And then this manifests as an eating disorder. So it was like a really big, you know, like all, everything was interdependent. And what breathwork actually did, because the more you, the more you breathe, the more experiences you have, that's the best way I can put it. And they're not all the same. Every session's different every time you breathe is different. And so the first thing people notice with breath work is stress and anxiety relief, which is yes, absolutely. That's true. But once you start getting comfortable, because like nobody actually likes doing the breath work in the beginning, it's like, you know, it's kind of a hassle to stay with one breath pattern for, you know, 60 minutes and to like really get in your subconscious. And so a lot of people try it one time and they're like, yeah, it felt good, but then they don't want to repeat it and they don't want to do it. So my experience is probably after like a month and a half of doing it, I had this crazy breathwork experience where I kind of like time traveled with my 
mom's father and we really connected and this is like very woo-woo so I don't know if your podcast goes there no, let's go there like yeah we've done some stuff before let's let we'll just we'll go all in yeah <laughs> and so this is I find out this is how I find out he's actually one of my spirit guides and like I've, I've felt connected to him before I've never met him before but in this specific breathwork session he came to me and he's like let me show you so we t- kind of time traveled back into time of like how my parents connection actually happened and why it happened and how we came from like this like powerful these like powerful lineages of like medicine men and women and witches and like all these different things and like how this connection like had to happen and how we me and my sister were kind of like born into this like very dual dual world because my mom's father was he was kind of like seen as a saint like thousands of people came to his funeral and like he really honed in and like helped you know the the poor and like all of these other things but on the other side of my family we had some kind of you know like tension so there was this like extreme good like extreme bad and there's like all this duality and I've experienced duality in my life and so it was just like they had this connection had to happen you know and then I had this experience where I also got to breathe my parents and I saw their energies and their connection in that and like how they kind of like comfort each other and they've seen each other in all these different lifetimes and all this stuff and like all of a sudden once I saw that I was like and had this this experience I was like hey I get it I get it it was just like they didn't choose right like (laughs) it happens this is fate and it is what it is and like I just let it go you know it was Mm -hmm. just like a very out of body, out of this world kind of experience that brought me to it. But I would say, you know, when you are consistently asking yourself a question, you're asking your subconscious mind to help you, right? That's what they tell you, like, ask yourself a question before you go to sleep and you'll probably get the answer somehow. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I was like asking myself this question for so long that finally there was a method for something to show me, like your subconscious, like here, here's your answer that you need to hear. So I would say don't give up on the question and find the modality that like helps you get there. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So powerful. When you were telling your story, I got like tingles. I was like, <laughs> I yeah, was like, it was Ooh. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I guess I'll, I mean, thank you for sharing that story as well. I'm just wondering if we can kind of circle back to the question. So for people who are getting started on this work, they're looking at their generational trauma I feel like depending on their relationship with their family, they may, you know, want to reach out and talk to them about (laughs) certain things. Do you have any advice for how they should go about doing that kind of bringing their families into their journeys? Yeah. Or should they not? It really depends. You know, like sometimes I get, you know, sometimes you have adopted children, for example, that, Mm -hmm. you know, don't know their biological parents. And so that's like always a common question. And if you don't have parents who are cooperative, like you don't actually, you don't need that. It helps you, but you don't mm-hmm. need them to, to heal, you know? So that, that's like the first thing that I always like to start with. But if you are somebody who wants to bring your family, you know, into your journeys or family is like a very important part of your life. And, you know, they're very integrated into your life and you just kind of like want them to know what you're doing or whatever, it's very important to cultivate safety 
and this, but this is also like another abstract concept, but our, the way our brains work today is they help us stay safe, right? So it's like, mm -hmm. don't quit your nine to five job. It's a very basic, it's like, don't quit your nine to five job because you need the money because you need to live, right? And this is how our brain works. It likes A to B to C answers. It wants everything to have an outcome and to be finished. But there's also emotional safety, which lives inside of our body. And a lot of times we're in avoidance or we have all these things that we've developed to protect ourselves in order to cultivate emotional safety, but it's not actually safe. So maybe it doesn't actually feel safe to ask your parents like really hard questions because you know it'll start an argument. Like it's not gonna do the opposite of what I'm saying. It's not gonna cultivate compassion. It's just gonna end up in like a really big argument. And so you avoid it because you don't, the way you deal with anger might be something, the way your family talks to you might be something that, that makes you feel unsafe. And so your body's like, nope, I don't wanna go there. So for me, it's like, it's almost one of the last concepts I teach about how to approach your family because the rest of the concepts are all about learning how to really cultivate safety in your body. Like you have to, you have to know that you got yourself. If your family gets really pissed at some question that you ask or something that you're trying to figure out, because this work is really like a detective work like you're a detective in your own story you're trying to figure out where this this trauma lives in your lineage and in your like family circle essentially and the truth of it is is usually the trauma is surrounded by some type of shame something that the family's hiding like a deep dark secret that they don't want to tell anybody so now it's like very takes a lot like you really have to kind of like hone in on yourself and be like do I feel safe actually asking these questions do I feel safe and if my parents blow up or my family members blow up will I still be okay like let's say they get mad at me and don't talk to me for a day will I am I okay with that like, can I live with that? Or am I going to feel guilty? Am I going to feel shameful? Am I going to feel all these things? Like you have to know that you have yourself in this work because that's all you really do have. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, so important to, to remember no matter what you're bringing to your, to your family's attention, like ground yourself first. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Really good stuff. I kind of like how we went from like the beginning and then you're like, this is what I teach people at the very end. Like, you know, like, uh, yes. so, okay, great. So we have those bookends. Um, <laughs> all right. I guess kind of moving on into more of the success based questions for the podcast. I will start with my favorite question, which is what is your personal definition of success? And also how has it maybe evolved throughout your journey? Okay. I like the evolution question. It started with money. Of course, right? Mm -hmm. Like money is like what you can show the world that this is like your success, money and achievement, really. And I, th I did start there. Now, I think more, the more that I've like been in this work, my definition of success is just being able to fully enjoy life and like have fun doing whatever I'm doing and feel like I'm fully relaxed and like, trust that everything's working out the way it's supposed to in perfect timing because I still find myself getting trapped in a lot of like scarcity loops and things like that and though the scarcity loop is what holds me behind 
is what's like capping me at my potential. And when I'm there, I know that, that I can't achieve like anything I want to achieve. Like I can't launch the course I want to launch. I can't record the Facebook ad video that I want to record. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it just holds me back from all these things because I'm like so attached to an outcome. So really letting go of that mm-hmm. outcome and just, you know, like free falling and trusting and trusting that I'm going to be caught. Yeah, that definitely resonates because, you know, I've had, whenever I have a moment, I was just thinking about this the other day, like whenever I get into one of those periods where, you know, you're kind of questioning yourself, you're questioning everything that's going on and you're feeling like whether you're too attached or you're just, you know, consumed with self-doubt and, you know, in that kind of scarcity mindset, I think in the past, I used to try to work myself out of it. You know what I mean? So like, do, do, do take action. Like that's what I would try to do. And it's really only been in the last year that I realized it's actually the opposite. Like I need to stop everything (laughs) and just like focus and actually in, when was it? Yeah. Over the summer I had, I had a period like that. So this was like August, 2021. And I actually did like a mini, it was like just my roommates and I, we just did this like little like breathwork challenge where my roommate found this breathwork video from someone in her community on YouTube. And we, it was just a 20 minute breathwork video and we just we did it, I think every single day in August. And that was super helpful to help me like ground back into myself and not even focus on the stress that I was encountering in my business and the scarcity that was there. And so, yeah, I can attest it really, (laughs) it really does work and it really does help. (laughs) Yes, 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 exactly. It helps us rest, right? And like, Mm -hmm. A lot of times when we feel like we're in too much rest, we're like, I'm resting too much, but actually Mm -hmm. we need to rest more when we're in that, in that Mm -hmm. space, because that's how we receive, you know, and we're so used to like what you were saying, like working our way out of things. And it's like, it's just not the way, it's not the way it's supposed to be. It's not the way it works. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, I also love that there's like two forms of rest. There's the one where you're actually feeling rested and then there's the one where you're like not really rested for me the way I relate to that is that's where like I'm technically relaxing but I'm actually stressing about everything that I think I should be doing you know oh so, yeah yes 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 the anxiety yeah. brain yep <laughs> yeah 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 that one <laughs> all right so what would you say are your biggest successes so far in business life your choice whatever whatever you want to share. (laughs) Okay. I guess in business, my, in general, my biggest success is like actually getting myself out of a nine to five job. And Mm -hmm. even when things got scary, not going back to that and coming Mm -hmm. back to trusting and being like something will work out, whatever that is. And on that same token, just like moving and being more fluid with my business, like not trying to stick it into one box, but like changing it when I change as well. Mm -hmm. And I know it can be like very frustrating to the public eye, but (laughs) it, you know, it just helps me kind of also like I'm growing with a baby in a way. And so it makes me feel good that like, I feel so comfortable pivoting, you know, and trying things that aren't like what everyone recommends to do. Like, you know, because I have so many passions and, and things like that. So I feel like very proud and successful in that, right? And mm-hmm. then I also feel successful in just having this dream of like traveling and seeing the world. And I noticed in like, in 
early 2021, just, I was living in LA, still paying rent and my business was changing probably every other week. And I was just like on the ground and I was like depressed. And I was like, why, why, you know, like there's no, you're not in a nine to five. You haven't been for six months. Like, why do you feel depressed right now? And the answer was just like, you're trapped. Like you're trapping yourself in something you don't want to be in, you know? And Mm -hmm. I think it's so important as humans in general, once you like start unconditioning yourself from like what we know today, asking or consistently asking yourself, like, what is it that I want? Because it changes number one. And number two, we put a lot of pressure on the money. Right. So for me, I was like, when I make my six figures, then I'm going to travel the world. But then the six figures didn't come as fast as I wanted it to come. Mm -hmm but I still wanted to travel the world, you know? And so I had yeah. an energy healer at the time and she was like, well, do you have the funds to go somewhere? Like your friends are going to Costa Rica. Can you go with them? And I was like, I mean, I can, but like, I would have almost no money like left, you know, in my bank account. And she's like, doesn't matter. Like you need to go. Like, this is where trust comes in. This is where you show yourself that you're deserving of this life. And I feel successful in making a pathway into showing myself that I really am deserving of having like this fun, easygoing life and like everything will work out and come to that. And so like just being able to travel this year without having this big savings, because when you hear people talking about like traveling for a year, they're like, oh, I saved up all Mm -hmm. this money before I did it. Like I'm not doing it on any savings. And so it's been scary, but very like rewarding. And I feel successful in the way that like, I can live up to a dream that I've had since I was a kid. Yeah. That was a long answer. Love that. <laughs> yeah. No, I love it. Thank you. I want to ask a follow-up question to that because I think so many of us, whether we're, I mean, entrepreneurs totally, but like also those who aren't entrepreneurs get into those moments where we feel like we're trapped. And then we realize that it was like, us <laughs> like you yes. know like we were trapping ourselves we were creating that situation what would you say you know maybe whether it helped you get out of that or what advice would you give to people to just kind of you know start figuring out how to you know get themselves out of a situation that they you know put themselves in <laughs> I think it's this question of like if I died tomorrow would I be happy right and on the flip side of that is like, okay, well, I'm not going to die tomorrow, but do I, can I still somehow feel safe? Like, do I have a landing ground somewhere? Even if tomorrow I go bankrupt, can I go somewhere? Is there a friend I can call whose sofa I can sleep on for three days? You know, like Mm -hmm. it's more of like an on edge lifestyle. If that's like for me, for the traveling portion of it, but it's really about believing in yourself right like when you're working for a company and it's already built right the way that company was built was somebody believed in that company for it to be built now you have all the belief on yourself so when you're marketing things like you need to believe that it's worth it for you like do I actually believe in my program enough for other to market it to other people do I actually believe in like myself enough to use my voice to do all these things? Like if we can use our voices in meetings for a nine to five job for a company, like why can't we do that for ourselves? And so I think it's working through those little roadblocks. Like, why don't I believe that I can do this? Why don't I believe that like I can put myself out there and 
I think with entrepreneurship, so much of it is tied to personal development first and, mm -hmm. and like cultivating yourself first. Like you have to have that belief and then you also have to have that trust. And if you don't have that, like, why don't you have that? I, I would probably start there <laughs> and be yeah. like, what's the scariest part of this? Cause like, I'll tell you right now, like the scariest part is always going to be bigger. It doesn't matter if you have the millions, there's going to be something more that comes with that millions that you're going to have to face when you're there, you know? So mm -hmm. there is no there. You might as well work on it now. <laughs> Love that. It also, it's sort of, as you were talking about that, it also reminded me of something that one of my business coaches used to say whenever we were working through like a, a mindset block or a limiting belief, like she would have us ask why like seven times and journal about it. So it was like, you know, why do I not believe in myself? And then you write that down and then your answer from that, why? Yes. <laughs> and then, and I remember it used to really frustrate me. It used to annoy me so much because I was like, oh, this is so boring. I'm just like writing out like, you know, the, like the why and it's, it feels never ending, but it is very helpful. <laughs> like, yeah. Even though it might be a little time consuming. No, yeah, because this, if you do it seven <laughs> times, you get to the core of your, like, it gets to your subconscious. Mm. So it's like, okay, gotcha. You know, it gets you to like the actual limiting belief. Like, I just, I don't feel deserving of it, you know, whatever it is. Right. Yeah. All right. So there's a method to the madness. Method to the madness, <laughs> always. <laughs> so let's see, what does your next level of success look like? Next level of success. That is a challenging question. I would say for business, my challenge has always been sticking to one thing and doing that. And so I think what travel has highlighted for me is that like, you have to do that <laughs> just to have like some type of consistency because everything else in your life is changing. And we as humans like love mm -hmm. the consistency. And I definitely have been lacking that this year. So I would say like really sticking to a thing while I'm traveling. Mm -hmm. Personal life, I would say, let's see. It's always developing my skills more. Like I'm going for Akashic Records training, you know, things like that that just like add to, to the value of my life. I would say if I had to choose something though, it would be like, I have this dream of having like a wellness center. Mm -hmm. This is like both personal and business because I have like such a big personal tie to it. I don't like traditional like Western medicine. It's not like what my family has ever practiced. Like before we moved to America, you know, like my grandma, like rubbed it in our faces that we needed to be into Eastern medicine. And actually most recently when I was in Tulum, they have, you know, wellness centers there. It's like wellness is really a part of, of like when you first hear about Tulum, it's like this party scene, but underneath it, there's a lot of like wellness. And I think actually I was like guided to Tulum to see these wellness centers that they've produced, which have like healthy eating and like healthy grocery stores and they've made like a coffee bar but it's like a smoothie bar and like a million wellness classes that aren't just yoga you know they have breath work <laughs> and womb healing and energy healing, like so many things all the time and I think like in America we need that exposure like and we need access to that exposure that it's like not super super expensive and like hard to get to but just that exposure to like even start opening our minds. And I think that's like a really, really big dream of mine. So 
kind of the two business and personal together. I love that. And I'm really excited to visit your wellness center when it's yes. Open, so. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see. So before we kind of wrap up the episode, I mean, what tips or advice do you have for other young women who may be just starting out on their, their journeys to success. So whatever success looks like for them in, you know, starting their own businesses and things. Yes. I would say start small, do it for free at first, see how you feel. Like, I think the biggest misconception with business owners is like, we think that we're going to love just having this like freedom and autonomy in whatever, what, what we think that we're going to like when we're preoccupied with something else. And when we're preoccupied with something mm-hmm. else, we're not giving it 100%. We're not giving it a 100% chance. And what now when we're giving it the 100% chance, the outcome that we feel isn't always rewarding. You know, like we don't feel the mm-hmm. way we think that we're going to feel like we don't feel the happiness. We don't feel, you know, it's like a range of emotions. And so it's like, whatever your craft is, like if it's breath work or yoga, like whatever it is, like, how do you feel after you teach that? Did that actually feel good to you? Like, so the days that you actually like hate everything about your business, that like your craft is something, you know, that will lift you or does it drain you? Like, do you actually like freaking hate doing it? And you're just have no energy afterwards. I would say like energy in business is the most important thing. And so really starting to focus on things that make you feel more energized versus drained, even if that means like little menial tasks you're doing in your nine to five job, because you can bring what you love into your business. You know, you can, and you might not even know you love it. I think that's the thing is like, the only way you can tell is like, do I actually have more energy or do I have less energy after doing it? And just like, just starting to write that down and being engaging where you are and where you feel good. Yeah. It's so important the like energy and business and also in life, yes. but that's something I've been talking to my roommates about because they're, they're both like entrepreneurs and coaches. And so we've talked about that a lot because one of my roommates is, is experiencing a energy drain, I guess, because she's just been putting so much of her energy into her work with other people and, and helping them heal. And so I think no matter whether you're like literally doing that sort of <laughs> work with someone or whether you're doing something like, like me, like marketing, yeah, <laughs> you know, it can be, it does like, you know, you have to learn how to work with your energy to keep your business running and show up every day, whether in business or in other areas of your life. Totally. Yeah. Amazing. Exactly. <laughs> amazing. Okay. Well, thank you so much for such a wonderful episode. Where can we get in touch with you? So this is where you can share your social media website, anywhere where you would like people to connect. Yeah. My Instagram is at Karishma, my first name, my last name, Donde underscore. DM me, message me, or my website is karishmadande.com. Amazing. And we will have those in the show notes. Yay. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Millennial Success Stories podcast. I would love to invite you to join our growing community of fellow millennial women entrepreneurs and aspiring entrepreneurs inside our free Facebook group, the Millennial Success Society. I also love connecting with fellow women entrepreneurs on Instagram. Find me at J 
Jackie Cossop underscore LA. Feel free to send me a DM with any suggestions for future episodes or questions you'd like answered on the show. For all the latest show updates, exclusive resources for our listeners, or to apply to become a guest on the show, please visit the Millennial Success Stories podcast page on my website at www.jackiecossop.com slash podcast. Thank you again for tuning in and I'll catch you next time.